Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay, and I'm delighted to be joined by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello. And by Tyro Marshall. Good morning. The United players are away on their warm weather break in Marbella. Sadly, we're not. It is freezing here in Manchester today. Both of you wrapped up warm. Producer Ash, we've got this new room. He said it would be much warmer than usual. It is cold, cold, cold. I think we need our own warm weather break, don't we, Tom? I mean, it's much warmer than usual, but it's gone from freezing to just cold. So, you know, a small victory, I guess, but it's, it's not made much difference. I guess the one positive for United fans is it's now quite a while since they've seen their team lose they haven't played for a while mind you uh, what have you both been doing with your international well it's not the, the international break's next but this is the inaugural winter break what have you been doing with this uh, well I've been going to the well to until it's been left dry really in terms of stories and features and pieces ideas as well as a, a few days off last week so uh, the, and, and even where, where I went southern England it, it wasn't it wasn't sunny there either so United gave us the cold shoulder when we asked if we could join them on their warm weather trip and here we are left out in the cold So you had more glamorous events you went to Salford City in the week I did yeah I was going to do City on Sunday but Storm Kiara or Kira, however you say that, put paid to that. So I went to Salford on, on Tuesday night as well to get me out of the office. It was, if you want cold, that was cold. I was regretting volunteering going to that at 7.45 on Tuesday night. But you did see a former United did. wonder kid, yeah. James Wilson, do something that he's not done since his United debut. Yeah, it's quite a, a stat I unearthed there. He's not, not scored twice in a game since his United debut against Hull back in May 2014, I think it was. <laughs> the Giggsy era. The Giggsy era, yeah, those four... <laughs> was it- Tom Four Lawrence played days. as well. Tom, Tom Lawrence, Lawrence started, yes. Yeah, Giggs brought himself on for Tom didn't Lawrence. He, didn't, he? didn't Giggs insist on taking a free kick late on? Yes, score. yeah, the keeper made it was it, it was a reasonable save. It was it was savable, but that was, was that, his last appearance. Was did Giggs score that season though? Or was that the one season where he didn't it's score? The, in the yeah, league, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's I think his last happened. his last United goal was QPR away. Yeah, I think. Good memories. Yeah, when they won, when they won the league. <laughs> yeah, well, this week, I'm delighted to say we've got some questions from our fans, our listeners. Um, please do get involved if you want to. There is a Manchester's Red podcast page on uh, Facebook. That's where most of these come from, and our Instagram page, which is Man United M E N. Um, you can find us on there. First question is from John David Evans, who says, "I think United need four players this summer, but do you think we will actually get more than three in the summer? I don't have the confidence they will." That's basically it. Um, I, I think his his feeling kind of is, is shared across the board among supporters in that they have had this peculiar tendency of only signing three players in the last the last three summers, if you were to exclude Ibrahimovic in 2017. So newly signed players, it has been three in the last three. They did want to make it more than three last year, but they seem incapable of concurrent conversations when it comes to transfer targets and this one at a time strategy was was still going on on deadline day uh, in that they're asking Bournemouth can we sign Joshua King they fi- they're finally told no you're not going to and then it's right let's pick up the phone to China and see whether um, we can get a gala done over the line they they certainly need a minimum of four I'd still argue they probably need a minimum of five uh, I think 
going into this year, you'd have looked at six overall. They've already got the attacking midfielder in. You're looking at another midfielder, a playmaker, um, a forward. I think it's from Solskjaer's perspective, he would very much like a, a centre forward, uh, a number nine. And I still think there's a compelling case that they need another fullback, although it looks like Dallow might be, you know, the, the left back and the right back covered there, which I still think is it's pushing it because he can be brittle at the best of times and Luke Shaw can be um, a very brittle player as well. I, I do suspect that given the, the likely outgoings and just the fact that you know, if, you, if you're losing a player like Pogba, you do need two players to off to offset a talent like that. And I suppose Fernandes is one of those players already. Um, you could probably do it with another one and that kind of factors into into it and, and the need for more players than just three signings. So I don't think anybody would disagree that they need three. So it need more than three, but whether they do or not, it's, it's very much up in the air because they they, they don't pre they don't practice what they preach. It's always it's the soon it's best to get them in as soon as possible. They don't do that. They were looking at signing players in the last week of the summer window uh, last time. So, and especially with the Premier League window now in line with the other uh, mm. European windows, uh, it, it just feels inevitable that United will be trying or, or scrambling about trying to sign someone in late August. Ty. I guess if we were to say that it is most likely or, or likely that they would get free players at some what positions do you think they would have to be in for you? Like Samuel said, Pogba goes, maybe you want, we need at least one midfielder. Least do you get two? Strikers going to depend on well, how well Galo does. You know, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I think you need at least one midfielder, probably two, I would say. Um, and then ideally you want a right winger and a centre forward, I would say. If you're only getting... The alternative is you get a versatile option there and get somebody who can cover both options. But ideally, you probably want a right winger, centre forward, and a couple of midfielders. And then, if you've got time at the at the end of the window in a mad trolley dash, maybe look at, at fullback and, and strengthening that sort of area. But the priorities, I would say, are a couple more midfielders and strengthening an attack and offering more depth in attack. Do you think that is the issue with United? The fact that too many of their players are maybe versatile. You need specialists in each role. Like you said, you don't necessarily a striker who comes in who can play on the right and up front might be useful to tick two boxes but surely you want someone who's a recognised number nine someone who's a recognised winger instead yeah I mean that's a good point it's probably something that I think Andres Pereira is probably a good example of that this year in that he's played that number 10 role he's played a deep midfield role and he's played on the wing and we don't really know what his best position out of those is he's not really shone in in any of them being honest I think he's probably more of a number 10 but he has kind of been shunted into different areas this season so you probably do want a bit more coherence in who's who in the squad who's your who's your number nine who's your backup striker who starts on the right wing who comes in for him and so on I mean versatility is always good to have we've seen Bruno Fernandes has got it as well and in one game for United has played in two different positions in midfield so it, it's nice to have but it can also in a squad that's clearly short of options like this it, it can become a burden as well I know that there's been a lot of talk over this uh, winter break, Samuel, about how important it is for Bruno Fernandes. Uh, out in Marbella, it's a nice time to get to know your uh, colleagues, I suppose. But uh, what position do you think his best is going for? Do, do you think there's one area he needs to specify now going to the end of the season where he's going to get more game time? Or do you think it is just a case of trying him out in new roles to see what, what happens? Probably as the playmaker, given that the others aren't suitable uh, for that role or past their best like like matter is Jesse Lingard's not a playmaker uh, Pereira I don't think he's a deep line midfielder I don't think he's a winger I don't think he's a playmaker 
at United level anyway. Maybe it's somewhere like Getafe or some some fodder in Spain. But I just think in that United squad, he, he there is no position that he can occupy in a successful way. I, unfortunately, he's he's been massively exposed this season just by virtue of them not replenishing the squad, and he's been overplayed and fairly or unfairly has become a scapegoat. But the 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 basic truth is that he's he's not good enough there. So I think Fernandez has to go in that playmaker role because if you're going to have, I mean, Solskjaer seems insistent on having two holding midfielders, and whether it's Fred and Matic or Fred and McTominay or when Pogba comes in, he, you'd think he would start. Then it, it doesn't it doesn't feel logical to play Fernandez that deep unless you're maybe chasing the game and you need him to take a deeper role and play longer passes or threaded passes. So uh, I, I think having that, him him having that versatility and being able to offer that is is a positive as, as much as it is a negative in some ways and that you saw in the Wolves game, they had to play him in two different positions in, in two separate halves and he acquits himself pretty well. But given the current situation they're in at the moment and with Rashford obviously probably out until April I mean we talk about the possibility of him coming back late March but that coincides with the internationals so uh, he's out for best part of two months still it looks like so I think Fernandez needs to be further upfield uh, where they are they are lacking creativity they've they've not scored in four of their last five league games you mentioned that Rashford being out there for two months and it'd be interesting to see how quickly he's rushed back really depends how desperate United are in need of him really but the next question quite fittingly it comes from Omo Henzi and he says so what happens if Agala performs very well in his six months do you think he would have a chance of getting a permanent contract at United United have already admitted that he doesn't fit their transfer uh, sort of long term transfer strategy he's not put up the cultural reset that they're trying to do they've made the allowance because of the desperate need but do you think there's any way Igala could be that good that he gets a permanent contract at United no but there you go. <laughs> I just, I mean, I just can't see it. He's not a long-term fit. And let, I mean, let's not forget, he did, he did do very well at Watford when he first got into the Premier League, and he was brilliant. Scored a lot of goals, and everyone raved about him. And then I think he scored one goal in about a year after that. Once he got a new deal, so he, he can blow hot and cold. I should expect of a striker at that level. And I mean, I think it would be naive of United to sign him on a permanent deal if he scores twelve goals in twelve games. You know, fantastic for him. That'd be brilliant for United. Great memories for him. But he's not the long-term answer, is he? And United rushing in to offer longer contracts to people on a temporary basis that have done well is is something they should probably think twice about after after recent experiences. So you know, I, I hope he does really well. It's a great story. I think it's his kind of passion about playing for United and what it means to him to be here is is great to see, and I think it's given everyone a lift. But I think it is going to be a, a short-term thing only. We should be seeing Odin Gallo on Monday night. We go to Chelsea away, but at the moment. Samuel's training in Manchester, not at the Carrington Complex, and he's just getting up to speed. Of course, he couldn't go to Marbella because of the coronavirus uh, restrictions that have been put on place. If someone's travelled from China last 14 days, they might not be allowed entry back into the UK because that would have summed United up if they signed a new player. <laughs> they got quarantined in Marbella. But uh, how? What, what role do you expect him to play against Chelsea on Monday night? Because I've seen so many people on social media saying like he's got to start. He's better than Marshall. This is a player who hasn't played for two months. Yeah. He might look impressive in these fitness videos, but he hasn't 
played football. He hasn't played a match for two months. And he's been playing in China as yeah. well. Although, in fairness, having uh, you know come through the the humidity of Shanghai, it's it's no easy going out there actually running in in that heat. Uh, I think in time, there's certainly an argument for him to lead the line so that you're playing Marshall on the left because Marshall, certainly since Rashford got injured, has looked bereft. Uh, as as Rashford was bereft when when Marshall was out earlier in the season, I think those two that there's not another forward with their their cachet or their talent, if you like, who can ease the burden on on the other. So if if one of them comes out of the team, it seems like the attack collapses so in time I can see Marshall moving out to the left I think that's still his his best position even though his his record this season is is quite creditable I think he's got 12 goals and 24 starts and they've all those 24 starts have come as a number nine so his form certainly over the course of the season hasn't been as bad as some have suggested but he's still there's still something about the way he goes about being alone number nine that just doesn't convince you so it would be, make sense to maybe put Igalo in against Bruges uh, the away leg and, and then see how he gets on from there but I think it's just a, it just really epitomises the, the desperation about United and how how lacking they are up front that uh, a boyhood fan comes in with, with a very big following as we've you know seen on, online already uh, and, and already he's, he's, it seems like he's a cult hero and he's desperate to play for Man United and that's all well and good and you know, that I'm not knocking Igala whatsoever I think for him this is a great move for a number of reasons one of them is that the pressure is completely off him if he's rubbish then it's not his fault it's Ed Woodward's fault and it's uh, Solskjaer's fault oh, and it's, apparently it's the recruitment department's fault as well because Woodward has nothing to do with recruitment so we're told even though Igalo's agent called Woodward and said so but Ed Woodward has nothing to do with, with recruitment so we're told uh, so he's got a few months in Manchester to enjoy himself and, and you know fulfil his, his boyhood dream but uh, I mean, Ty kind of got got there before I did, and the whole you know giving a permanent deal to someone who just does well on a temporary basis. It- it would be endemic of United if they were to do that and it would be uh, hilarious so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow came to that arrangement but I can't see it happening Do you think there is like a going into this do you think there is like maybe a goals target where you think that if he scored that many they go yeah we'll, we'll keep him Do you think you've got like 10 before the end of the season that's quite a good haul th- th- That's, that's a, Yeah I mean Saha got Saha obviously joined in, in the January and he was he was cup tied uh, as well so he couldn't play in the FA Cup run when they did win it that season but I think he got seven goals it must have been something like 12 league games something like that, that and that was that was pretty good going at the time uh, Henry Larson only got three goals for United and MUTV decided he was quote unquote the lone legend uh, which was, was pretty embarrassing to say the least so goodness knows what uh, tag Igalo will get in time but I don't think they've probably got a target there at all I just think it's he's, he's an extra body he's someone who's there to lean on in terms of experience and, and know-how and, and just see how he gets on but the, as, as the club tried and kind of did so successfully I, I'd say they, they spun it in a very positive way but it's very easy to also spin it as a very negative striker story especially when you know, Lukaku is, is still banging them in for, for Inter and, and I think United are literally the only club in the world who could sell their principal striker and then sign a striker who has not been signed 
to replace that striker they sold. And let's, let, I think it's, what, nearly 10 or 11 months since Lukaku actually told Solskjaer that he wanted to leave as well. So again, the pressure's off Igalo and it's all on Solskjaer and, and Woodward. I mean, the other irony is that they've got a forward in on loan while having a forward out on loan who started up front for the team who were top of Serie A in a Milan derby at the weekend. So. And, and someone who Solskjaer insists has a future in that. Has a future. <laughs> but yes. it's not playing for Man United. <laughs> That's the caveat. He, he's got a lot to offer United, but it's not playing for United. Um, the next question comes from Donny Dunn on Twitter. These are his words. Okay. Are we likely to see a Werner Madison Sancho dream splurge or more likely an Agarlo Grelish and Ryan Fraser reality this summer <laughs> United fans dream big I've been on the blog today I've already had to put Kylian Mbappe's name in it <laughs> you know all the, the names being for last week Lionel Messi was linked with United I mean linked <laughs> is such a tenuous word to use there but you know the latest development saying that Sancho is certain to leave Dortmund at the end of the season he gets on well with some I think Grime stars who are United fans I mean, what what has that got to do with anything? Exactly. But to some people online, maybe, you know, he's he's quite matey with the United lot for England duties and stuff. But do you think United will be in a position to, to attract someone like Sancho in the summer? Or do you think it all depends on Champions League football? I wouldn't say it all depends on Champions League football. I think it's obviously a major advantage. Um, you'd obviously have to sell Sancho the, the longer term project if you weren't in the Champions League. The the issue would be where does he go, I suppose, if he leaves if he leaves Dortmund and wants to come back to the Premier League. We're probably ruling out City because it, 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 this is going to be a seven-figure transfer, isn't it? No, ten-figure. It's got to be a lot oh, of figures. My mind's gone. <laughs> nine, nine, figure. nine figures. <laughs> in the, be, almost in the middle. Math there, Jim, seven maths. figures would be very, <laughs> yeah. very reasonable. It's going to cost at least a million pounds to get Sancho from Dortmund. Uh, it's going to cost at least a hundred million pounds. That's true. It will be at least it a will. million. Yeah, I was right. It's going to cost at least a hundred million pounds to get Sancho out of Dortmund. City are unlikely to pay that. Uh, you can't see a scenario where he goes to Liverpool unless they lose one of their front three, which seems unlikely. Chelsea seemingly have Ziyech, Abramovich isn't funding them to the tune he used to. So it kind of almost leaves United as possibly the only Premier League option for him. So it's stay at Dortmund or come to United. Can Madrid and Barcelona afford £100 million player these days? Does he want to go to one of those clubs? So when you look at it in those terms, United are probably the most obvious place for him to come and United need a right winger. I mean, I wrote a piece yesterday saying that it is... is and I know fans won't want to hear this, but as credible as United's desire not to be ripped off in the market is and, and risk any scenario where they overpay, for someone like Sancho, just get the deal done quickly before someone else does get involved. It seemed a bit like doable. Delete last summer, didn't it? Like, he's there, he's amazing, just buy him. Just get him done. And Sancho could be, I mean, I meant the comparison, it's a very loose comparison, but almost a, a Cantona-esque signing in that he, he does look to be that good that he could just com- completely rejuvenate this team with a few other additions around him he could be the catalyst for it you look at his record in the Bundesliga this season you look at the, the confidence he's playing with at the moment so uh, you'd think Sancho's got a chance I, I don't see any need to get Grealish and Madison I mean personally I'd have Grealish to be honest I know Dolly was it Didn't, would prefer Madison by the sounds of it but I think Grealish is the better player I'd rather have Grealish um so, yeah, what were the other ones? I can't remember the other ones. Samuel can do the other ones. Uh, the other ones were Timo Werner, Igalo um, was his comparison, and someone like Ryan Fraser. I mean, is those Fraser's the, out of contract yeah, this summer, isn't he? Yeah. It sounds like a very United Yeah, Nomic edition. Um, yeah. Liverpool also wanted him, apparently. So that takes a box, doesn't it? Werner's a player who has been talked up quite a bit, and I was slightly surprised that. Nothing really was going on there in January. Uh, just just going off his goals record, he seems ripe for a transfer sooner or later. You would imagine that will happen in the summer. Um, 
it's it's a strange one because Madrid got Lukijovic from was it Frankfurt yeah. in the summer. Um, you know, player doing well in the Bundesliga, and it looks like he's just made the wrong move there, and that he's gone to a club where they had a settled number nine uh, who was not going to be ousted by someone like that and it's gone pear-shaped to the point that there were suggestions last month that he should go out on loan or club should be in for him to try and um, to take him on loan especially since I think Serbia could qualify for the Euros so he's not guaranteed a a place in that squad there whatsoever Uh, whereas someone like Alexander Mitrovic who's playing in the championship with Fulham is and probably will get in ahead of him on current going because he's he's playing and he's he's, he's scoring regularly as well um it, it's such a there are so many nuances with this because united have clearly not restricted themselves to just young british players which was the inference at the start of uh well before the start of last summer and with players like sancho grealish madison realistically they're going to sign one of them i think i can't see them signing two i don't think what you also have to take into account in this is that Solskjaer has actually said that the Fernandez deal is going to affect the summer budget United have never spent more than £150 million in a single summer on players for upfront fees I think the only summer 2014 you have to take into account the £6 million loan fee for Radamel Falcao and that took it over that £150 million barrier Sancho is a budget blowing player so I mean it, I, I, you almost, I almost sound like a contrarian but there's an argument that they should that he should be the one they drop interest in or they just drop because it's needs must. Um, Grealish or uh, Madison, they're not both going to be at United next season. It's one or the other. Grealish looks quite cost efficient um, with the reputed release clause. He's at a club that are teetering above the relegation zone who flirted are flirting with financial disaster as well. Uh, Madison, OK, will be quite expensive. You imagine Leicester could get about £90 million for a player who's got three years left in his contract and is a playmaker and is wanted by United. Uh, so that's a challenge for United if they're to negotiate that fee down. So although, so say you've got Sancho there, who's probably worth, I don't know, £130 million, maybe a bit more. I know he's only got two years left in his contract, so £130 million for argument's sake. Madison, with his, his price or how much Leicester could fetch for him, that's over £200 million or there or thereabouts on two players. And this is a, a squad that needs... As yeah, the previous uh, correspondent said earlier, it needs probably four or five signings. So y- you have to prioritise one of them, I think, there. And it might be, as, as Ty alluded to, that Sancho is that seen as that much of a game changer and United are seen as the club that want him. They're a club that have been trying to sign him since before he left City as well. They tried to sign him when he was... He was leaving City that summer. Um, fortunately for City, Dortmund came along and reprieved them. So they've had interest in him for pretty much three years now. And when you want a player that much, you tend to go or try to go the whole way with them, which is, is fair enough. If Chelsea getting Ziyech in, uh, Liverpool have got a near-perfect front three there that is probably not going to get disrupted in the summer as well, then it does make sense. But the flip side of it is that this is a club that are owned by the Glazer family and is it it's it's pretty much splurging nearly a whole budget on one player and it's all on him to make the difference next season and as good as Sancho is I don't think he's good enough that you can just put it all on him you need to supplement him with quality in other areas so that might be the perverse way of looking at it but I could I could completely understand if United said look if he's worth that we've we've got to get him because we value him that much the like I said, the unknown here is probably what happens with Pogba 
as well if United. Well, I'm glad you asked that, Ty, because uh, the last <laughs> right question I was going to ask you today was from Abu Bakr El Sadiq, who said, "What is United's current stance on Paul Pogba? What what is it? I mean, United, you know, he's still their star midfielder. He's still very marketable. His transfer has gone up from when they." his value has gone from when they bought him he hasn't played for a long time so that's obviously going to affect it got Euros in the summer you mentioned Barca Real Madrid in the Sancho talks but Paul, they both have shown an interest in Paul Pogba before and like you said I guess Pogba's Pogba's role is going to decide the summer for United yeah I mean United don't want to sell him and have been firm on that stance for a while really the, it, it, it looks though I mean I think everyone would be surprised if he was still here at the start of next season. It, it's looked for a while. Like it, it felt to me in the summer that this was kind of the, the I think it might be Samuel, sort of the plus the plus one season where a player wants out, mm. they stay for an extra season, give us your all, then you can go next summer. Obviously, that's not quite worked out with Pogba, um, but you'd imagine he's going to be. I mean, he was pretty open. I know Solskjaer has praised his attitude and by all accounts he was he was great on the pre-season tour and things like that but he was open at the start of the summer about his desire to move on his agent was very open about his desire to move on and has been very outspoken since about why he wants Pogba out of United so it, I mean it looks pretty much untenable to me and if United if United are in the Europa League again next season or aren't even in Europe next season I can't see any way Paul Pogba will take not getting a move lying down this summer I think he'd be desperate to get out of there I don't see why Pogba, come the best case scenario of United, in that they qualify for the Champions League, they win the Europa League, they win the FA Cup. So come the end of the season, he's he's won a couple of trophies and United back in the Champions League. Is, is that really going to convince someone who three years previously won the Europa League to get United back in the Champions League it's like the guy if anything it's another incentive for him to think I've come full circle here and I can't waste another three years possibly doing this again it's just now is the time to go and I've I don't think anybody should have any issue with Pogba wanting out I mean United are far worse than when he rejoined the club Um, his you know in terms of his time back at United they probably peaked I mean I know they got the second place finish but you could say they peaked in that first season with him back because they actually won a couple of things Um, it's as as Ty said it's it's not gone to plan this season that the injuries have, have come in and he's I think he's played six is it six starts and two substitute appearances so from United's perspective they're they're at least trying to seem relaxed about it because they're of the mindset, well, he's, he's effectively got two and a half years left on his contract. He's out of contract in 2022. That's, I mean, they're not going to not trigger a, the plus one option on Pogba's deal. They might as well do that now just to make clubs aware that, look, if you're coming into negotiations with us, it's not a case that he's got a year left on his contract. It's just for the sake of doing it so they've got a stronger bargaining position. But I think the reality is, has crept in there. And someone as ruthless as Mina Raiola does not uh, post on Instagram uh, his solidarity with Ed Woodward and his sympathy f- for Ed Woodward unless he wants something. And what he wants is a very, very smooth divorce in the summer. So uh, I, although I don't doubt there's an element of sincerity to Raiola saying how terrible it is that militant fans are attacking Woodward's house, he's also doing it for the purposes of you know personal gain which is to get Pogba out of United in the summer. Woodward has, I mean, we've, we've been told that Woodward likes Raiola um, and, and he sees it all as a as a game with what Raiola is saying in public and what have you. But that is, that's the one 
bone of contention that when United preach this um, this character criteria they have for players in that they're humble and respectful off the pitch and they're arrogant when they pull the shirt on you know Pogba has not been humble and respectful with a lot of the things he's done while he's been at United he has with a lot of other things that he's done you know he's he's there's, there's a very likeable side to him that has shone through on a number of occasions but the way he's gone about his recovery the jet setting um, the, the caption this tweet when Mourinho was sacked what he said in the summer like very 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 deliberately said that he wanted to leave effectively um, that puts the club in an invidious position and they've they've indulged him too much and it has come to the point where as, as Ty said if he is there by somehow next season it's not because he wants to be there and I think a lot of fans Sorry, a lot of Pogba fans delude themselves into thinking that he's, you know, he's got, he's not done anything wrong, and of course he wants to be at United. He's not wanted to be at United for two years, pretty much. People forget these agent offered Pogba to Manchester City two years ago. Uh, these these things easily get forgotten, and and there's no way Pogba didn't know about that either. Well, like we said on both the Sancho and Pogba, Champions League football could be a huge draw for for either of them. Uh, United's own hopes of Champions League football will be basically decided on Monday night. Chelsea away in the Premier League tie. United know they have to win to keep any hopes of top four uh, challenge alive. They've beaten Chelsea twice already this season. How do you see this one going at, at the bridge? Uh, I think it's going to be very difficult without Rashford. I think he's a, a pretty key. He was key in both those victories over Chelsea from, from what I remember. And he's he's very key in a game plan away at teams like this you know I've had good results against these big teams this season they hadn't until recently but they tend to be through counter-attacking and Rashford's in, integral to that the, the, the other side is I mean Chelsea are in terrible form themselves they're bad at home United are well suited to it I mean it, it would be no surprise to me if United did go there and and win and get themselves back in the top four race I mean I don't think they're going to get the top four but it, it wouldn't be a great surprise if they did go there and win given that Chelsea's form is is probably even worse than United's at the moment. I guess from United's point of view, Samuel, is it just the same approach? I mean, they've had two like you said, counter-attacking performances against Chelsea uh, this season. Do you think they would go with one on the opening day with a bit more expansive or the Carabao Cup game where they played five, well, three at the back and the two wing-backs? So. That wouldn't be a surprise. And as, as Ty said, uh, you wouldn't be surprised if it's a win or a defeat or, or a draw for United. That's That's pretty much the case going into every game whether it's Tranmere away or Chelsea away uh, the, the upside for United is that Frank Lampard is Solskjaer's patsy um, it's it's remarkable how I mean in fairness that first game in August I think for an hour Chelsea were the better team but as soon as Maguire yeah as, as soon as Maguire robbed Tammy Abraham of uh, of possession United broke away scored the second from then on they they ran riot but Rashford is, is he's such a critical loss I mean he scored four of their six goals against Chelsea this season uh, the other two who scored against them James and, and Marshall are badly out of form as well so it's difficult to actually identify the, the Rashford replacement there who's going to step up yeah <laughs> who's going to step up and and, and um, get them the win but the, you know Chelsea are in terrible form they're probably as as erratic if not more erratic than than United are and it's just it's been unfortunate for United that as soon as Chelsea drop points in a match week it's almost like you know that oh, well United aren't, aren't going to win because they've hardly ever capitalised on, on Chelsea conceding or, or squandering points so uh, it's it has the makings of a pretty absorbing game I'm pretty sure it won't be nil-nil but 
I think all things considered, it probably has a draw written all over it. As predictable as that sounds. Is your stat, we've, we've trademarked it to you. Uh, is it the one that Chelsea dropped points nine times a season? Uh, was it eight? No, the last... Oh, the last nine times I Chelsea... The last win. nine game weeks in which Chelsea have dropped points, United have also dropped points. Eight of them or something. Eight of the last nine, yeah. yeah. Which is really just, slick podcast, yeah. this, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, you could have told me you were going to throw this on me. And I, could I just have remembered. It. I just remembered. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's eight of it was, it was seven of eight against Burnley, and then they obviously yeah. did it against Wolves before the the break. So, yeah, it's eight of so of the last nine game weeks, Chelsea have dropped points. Eight of them, United have dropped points as well, which is comical, really, isn't it? And just shows how bad that race for the top four is. And like, I mean, Viva Sheffield United. Let's let's get them in there. I don't think United are going to get it. And if United aren't going to get it, let's have Sheffield United in Europe. Would be. Hilarious from the Champions League with Leicester and Sheffield United on the uh, <laughs> the big boys. United grunge it out against Ludogorets away on a yeah. Thursday night. You, Chelsea, you, Tottenham, and United in the Europa League. You you would genuinely love to well, see that. It. That's thing. United's Europa League qualification is in jeopardy now. Yeah. Looking at it, I mean, I think they could be ninth on Friday night if, if Wolves take a lease a point off Leicester. Mm. Then United drop down to ninth. And it was. It's so tight, and they've got such a tough run of fixtures. United that wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world if they're in the bottom half in a month's time. Yeah, and like you said, even if they did qualify for the Europa League, it might be in, is it the seventh spot where you start in July or something and you qualify anyway? Yeah, and as long as the Champions a Champions League qualified team, team win the FA Cup as well, which happened to is, is, Yeah, exactly. I think if, if Watford had won that, then United, United would have had Thursday nights and we wouldn't have had to go to Shanghai. <laughs> wow. Well, we, while we were there, we recruited Odin Agarlo, so it's all the match. Yes, yes. Uh, Monday night, United versus Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Ty, Samuel, thank you very much for joining Pleasure. us this thank week you. on the Manchester is Red podcast. Like we said earlier, please do get involved on our Facebook page, which is the Manchester Red podcast. Really creative. And every time we do a podcast, producer actually go put a story on Instagram. So if you want to reply to that with any of your questions, we'll get them answered next week. It's going to be a busy week. Not sure when we're going to squeeze it in with Europa League and all that, but we will be here. We will be back and we'll see you again next time.